Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by Ra Ra Consulting and the Ra Ra Spirit Team Mentorship. Hey, it's Lauren here. I'm an expert in time management, content creation, and mindset work. My day job is working with overwhelmed or unmotivated business owners or service providers who want to get organized and motivated and review their current business practices so that they can kick start their journey to further success. You know, the average person with an average life lives 27,350 days. And even though we know that we just shape shift into something different after our time is done here, I believe that making use of your time and living the life of your dreams, which is a life of flow and bliss, is so incredibly important. And I want to help you do that. I can help you through business and life challenges. I can help you to, you know, change your mindset, to create time for self-care, to look at your dreams and to create a roadmap to help you get there. Also through the Raw Raw Spirit team, I offer group mentoring as well. So if one-on-one is not your thing, you're interested in more of a group scenario, then that would definitely be an option for you. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also head to my website at rawrawconsulting.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram or on Facebook at any time to see whether or not working together is uh, maybe a good fit for both of us. All right, time for the episode. provides somatic quantum healing therapy sessions, one-on-one and group healing programs, mother earth vibrational attunement sessions, and soul embodiment coaching. Through her work, Marisa supports and guides you through body, mind, and spirit healing using schematic practices that connect you back with mother earth for grounding, intuitive, and energy work, and heart opening. Just small things like that. Through somatic psychotherapy tools, she helps you reach embodiment and emotional freedom from past experiences, trauma, trapped energy, tension, pain, stress, and past life imprints. Marisa is joining me today to talk about somatic quantum therapy. What is it exactly? How does it work? How does it work for her? We're also going to be talking about attuning with Mother Earth and unlocking your greatest potential, your truest light and your greatest love. Marisa is joining me from her home and I saw there was a little beautiful black cat that walked up the stairs behind you. So maybe they'll make a a little visiting appearance. Welcome to the show, Marisa. Thank you for being here, my friend. Mm, Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. And it's so nice to be here as well. And that was my kitty, his name is Shiva and he loves to come when there's great energy you know, going on and we're, we're surfacing all of that right now. So thank you. Perfect. Well, listen, Marisa, I have to say that I'm not very familiar with uh, somatic quantum healing, but one of the ways mm-hmm. that I, to start every single show is always the same for everybody, which is tell me a bit about your spiritual journey and how it all began. So before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of what, you know, somatic quantum healing is, how it works for people, maybe can you tell me a bit about how your spiritual journey started and maybe what led you to somatic quantum healing? 
Yeah, so it's been a wild, long journey. And um, thank you for asking that question. Really, the question is a journey in itself. Um, what brought me to this place right now is so much, so much healing and so much placement and coming back home to myself. Um, but I would have to say my journey started of like six, seven years ago within the dark night of the soul is where I met my self awakening to like being asleep or maybe just like unconscious for a lot of my life. Um, and that dark night of the soul was when I literally was falling out of place with a relationship, a home, a job, and just overall stability and like uprooting of everything. And um, found myself really, really in a dark place. And um, then that kind of awoke me to all of these things, like what happened in my childhood and, and growing up and, you know, my heart space. What would happen a lot of times is my heart would be like beating out of my chest and really rapidly and for no reason at all. I'd maybe just be lying on the couch sometimes and reading a book and my heart would just beat so fast. And I'm like, what is going on? Um, for a long time, I really thought that my heart was, there was something wrong with it. You, you just have a lot going on. And of course I did. So a few years, you know, forward from that, found myself in a relationship in a stable, in a stable job again, and um, really got into yoga teacher training and finding myself again. And then the pattern and the shifts all created a downward spiral and everything started to collapse again. So a uh, relationship, family. And at that point, um, I had twins who were two and my daughter was 12 and um you know there was an uprooting again of the family system so like me and my partner split and i went into a really deep healing of self-awareness and self-love and really finding myself within that place and again it always came back to my body and in my heart space and that beat that was always there and always present within me but i was so scared of it it was so scary and then um you know over time just really diving into my heart and allowing it to beat and and finding out that that was like the awakening that was happening within my own soul um was asking and calling for me to really just come home to myself where i was searching outside of myself for everything and the love and the attachment um, to that current relationship and that current lifestyle that I wanted to maybe lead. When I finally came back to myself and really focused on that inner healing is when I finally just found somatic work. I went to a somatic therapist myself and really dove back into my body and my heart even more and with a shamanic um, mentor as well. So really diving deeply into that shadow side of what those, um, sensations are that come through the body that were like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on? It's a little bit scary and you don't want to really go there by yourself. So sometimes it takes a little bit of support and that's what got me into this work and really um, I wanted to dive deeper into it. So that's why I went to school for it and that's where I'm at. Beautiful. I love that so much. Well, in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you a bit about what somatic healing is exactly. But before that, I do want to kind of go back to your story a little bit. I guess when you were talking, 
I was thinking about how it's really easy in today's society, especially to want to essentially avoid ourselves. There's a whole, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, there's, you know, social media, there's so many desires for people to, um, to want outside of themselves and, and spending time with themselves. I mean, I even work with one-on-one clients who have a difficult time with just being in their own skin and being, you know, in their own presence and being calm. So I find it interesting that you had an awareness, even though you were going through challenging times, that you had an awareness that there was something going on with your heart, that there was something that was maybe some unrest there or you know, that essentially that you were almost getting these signs to go, hey girl, you know, there's something that needs to be worked through. How did you kind of, you know, become present enough to get aware that you needed to do some inner work and kind of stop yourself from looking on the outside and and kind of turn the, the focus in? Yeah, yeah. I love how you really just stated that um, a lot of people get really scared to to kind of meet or um, kind of greet what's underneath the skin, what's under the, you know, the level, the surface level of a human being. And that calm state that sometimes we have to get into when we're by ourselves. Um, So bringing that up, a lot of what happened was, was I was alone. And this was the first time in my whole life that I actually was able to be with myself because I was awake, I was awakening to being by myself mm-hmm. all of my life. I, again, I was like searching outside of myself for some kind of comfort or some kind of love to come back to myself. But when I really just sat there and I, in the grief and the sorrow and the heartbreak and the, and the worry and of of so much unknown, I really got to just be in all of that, almost as if I was sinking within it. And my heart was still there. It was still beating and sometimes fast again. But what was happening was in, in within all that vibration that was in that rhythm that was happening there in my chest, it still brought me back to myself. It was that awareness that I could actually find myself through the mud or, you know, that I was trying to come up out of this, <laughs> this hole that I almost dug for myself with um, the behaviors and the patterns that I was living through most of my life. Yeah. You know, when you're saying that the word that came up for me was the word resilience. And I guess I'm kind of wondering, you know, when I hear you, you know, you're speaking about your journey, you're speaking about, um, I, I'm under the impression that you were going through anxiety, you know, I know you talked a lot about your heart beating fast, um, that for me, I was kind of thinking about anxiety, you had the breakdown of relationships, it sounds to me like you had the, you know, the kind of the breakdown of careers, you know, what am I going to do? And then plus, you had children that you were responsible for. So to me, I guess, when I'm listening to your story, the word resilience really comes to me. Do you think that resilience is something that was inside of you already? Do you think it's something that you learned? Do you think it's something that, you know, you got from, you know, maybe your spirit guides, they came through and helped you out with that? Or, you know, can anybody become resilient if they just desire enough? Yeah, I think resilient is the perfect word there. Um, Especially for a lot of us who carry our wounds and have carried them for this life and many lives before. 
um, there's some kind of balancing act that we try to, you know, do in our lives when, you know, some sides of us, the feminine or the masculine, you know, there's different sides to us carry things differently and we get things differently from both sides in our lives of those particular um, aspects. Um, and so resilience is a heart um, spoken word, um, courage and courage. wisdom and all of that. Yeah, really comes from the heart place. Mm -hmm. So in my story, um, really thinking about it, um, the angels and my spirit guides and, and all of those light beings really were there to kind of shed that light when I was in those dark moments. And that's what I think they do for a lot of us if we just yeah. allow ourselves to notice and listen for those. Yeah, that's so good. And we do know that, you know, spirit can't intervene without us asking. And I think that sometimes in a dark night of a soul scenario, you know, that's very often when someone does call out for help. And when they call out for help, guess what? You know, their answer is there. They are guided to, you know, the next steps. You know, when you were talking earlier, you mentioned past lives, you know, that, you know, maybe trauma or experiences from past lives um, in your, in the work that you do and, and maybe in, even in your own story, do you kind of notice that sometimes there are shadow sides or challenges that come up that really aren't from this life? And do you think that's what might make it difficult for some people where they go, wait, a minute I had an amazing upbringing I have amazing childhood I have you know all these things going for me but then there's this deep-seated or there's underlining thing that just isn't really right and I can't explain it yeah absolutely I think that you know I actually feel most of the time in my sessions is what I get it through my intuition is a feeling arises within my clients and what they may be going through in the moment, but it always is related to a past event. And so it could be a past event that they were unconsciously present for, um, not really aware. There is like a blacking out that can happen within trauma. Your soul can sometimes leave uh, or a part of your soul can sometimes leave the body and, or mm -hmm. your spirit within traumatic moments. And so that can happen in this life and past lives. And I do believe we do carry those wounds, as you know, like the wounded healer and Chiron, we're in that, you know, astrological time frame of that. And all of these wounds are coming to surface. So it's like really, um, I'd say it's so revelating when you can kind of be with somebody in those moments that they can't even talk about, but the body can. Um, the body kind of remembers because your body is working with your soul who's been here maybe just one life or many lifetimes before. So it's so funny. I know that, you know, I was doing yoga this morning and I didn't have a lot of time before our session. And I just thought, okay, I'm just going to do some hip openings because I know that that's where emotions get trapped. <laughs> and, you know, I was doing it and, and it was just fine today, but I've got other days where I'm like, oh man, you know, this is making me feel a little bit angry or something like that. So it's just kind of reiterating the fact that, like you said, the body's storing emotions or things that aren't processed and, you know, we essentially, and it sounds to me like you help people sort of work 
through that. Now, in a minute, we are going to get into the conversation of somatic healing, but I do want to ask you, how does, you know, you kind of talked about your heart beating really fast. So for some people, if they're having, you know, I'm going to go back to the shadow side, you know, just to kind of, you know, have a general statement in relation to trauma and pain and, and things like that. But, you know, if somebody is struggling with their shadow side, how does it show up for them? It does it normally show up through really fast heart beating, like you said, or does it show up through breakdown of relationships? Or, you know, do they have to have these big sort of, um, you know, big moments in their life where everything kind of falls down? Or can it just be a subtle thing that's happening in the background? Yeah, it can be all of those things, <laughs> um, all of the above. I'd like to click, 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 click right there. Um, because what happens is, is it can show up in your behavior, your, your limp, you know, your beliefs, um, what you think about daily, your bodily sensations, um, the physical parts of you that are like, you know, acting out is what we would call that like in behavior um behavioral patterns um things like your mind and the thoughts that come up when you're just lying there and you're trying to be in a yoga pose what brings up that anger okay you're really just trying to be kind to your body and show yourself some stretching and you know some self-awareness of what different parts of your body really want to be moved right now um yeah. whereas that'll start to move those shadow parts which are the parts that lie within and underneath is sometimes in the dark that really just want to be noticed or seen heard whatever that is you know um yeah yeah, but creating yeah. space for shadow shadow work and the shadows to come through is scary marisa who wants to do that <laughs> oh my gosh yes oh whew. I almost said something I didn't want to say there. I almost said, oh yeah, and like. <laughs> yeah, just let it go. Just ignore it forever yeah. and it will magically go away. Not. <laughs> yes, it's exactly that. It's these parts of us that we have repressed and suppressed and stuffed down that it's like, oh no, I shouldn't be doing that or saying that or that shouldn't be there. But those parts of us have been there. They have been there. And so when I was focusing in on my heartbeat, you know, all of those times, all of those moments, what came to me was a realization that maybe this was just a shaking and a breaking up of that, that wall or that hardening that was happening over time, or maybe this life again, past lives of my heart in that space. And this is the lifetime that I'm to be learning to open and allow it to break, you know, and be able to have the light come in a little bit more. So working with that is scary. It's so scary. You will think you are dying or feel like you're dying. And really you are a part of you is maybe sometimes. And that's why it's so great to just, you know, again, find your heart and that spoken word that comes from it of love and compassion. And again, you said it courage earlier. I think that, you know, when you were speaking there, that quote from Rumi came to me, which was something along the lines of, you know, the wound is the place where the light enters. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, as I uh, continue to develop myself and um, learn and, you know, I can just say that, you know, I know that when we go through the stuff, and I'm sure you can agree, when we go through it and we work through it, then we've worked through it. 
and then it's gone. And then we can move on to the next, you know, chapter, because I think that, would you agree that when people are being held back by their, their fears or their worries or their anxiety, that they don't have an opportunity to rise up and to be the powerful being that they're, that they're meant to be and that they're deserving of being. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a part of you that kind of unfolds and kind of opens up to the wisdom or the knowledge that needed to come through within those anxieties. And there's a part of you that's kind of saying to yourself <laughs> most of the time that, oh, I've been there. I know this familiar feeling. I know that I'm going to live through it. I know that I can get through it. I know that I've gone through it. So there's that kind of looking back, acknowledging it, and then moving forward that can happen. Yeah. All right. I love that very much. So let's get into the actual conversation because the listener at home is like, okay, what is somatic healing? What is it exactly? So how does it work? And does it have to do with, for some reason, I keep thinking of like vibration and drumming and music, but I don't even know if I'm right when I say that. (laughs) So it's basically, I love that you just brought up the drumming and the vibration and the movement kind of with all of that, because really that's what my work is about. And the work that I do, somatic healing, and it's and I have it on my website is somatic quantum therapy because everything is quantum in this universe, right? And so I meet with people all over the world, just like we're meeting right now. I'm from Pennsylvania, and, you know, United States, and you're in Australia, and yeah. it's like okay. So we're still feeling the vibrational like resonance and that connection through this right now, and what my work is about is really just that is finding where you are in the moment as you are and just meeting with that part of you or those parts fully showing up Mm -hmm. and being able to accept them where you know everything lands and which is like usually i'll land (laughs) our sessions mostly starting on the ground so mother earth you know gaia using her resonance her earth vibrational frequency and really landing and working from the bottom the ground up yeah and it's interesting because it's kind of like when you were talking about mother earth there it made me think about how important it is to get your foundation right how when you have a solid foundation then you can be like a tree and grow out of it you know and flourish but if your foundation's rocky you're going to have a hard time you know, kind of maintaining some sort of equilibrium or, you know, being all that you can be if you're not on solid ground. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times and like, so somatic work is working in the body as a term in the body. So um, like my, I, I go by the body wisdom and basically I speak with and learn, you know, understand or try to understand the language of the body more so than of the mind and the thoughts so when we're working up top in our mind and our thoughts really what is holding us together is just our physical containment of our head and our nose our eyes you know we can hear things up there and we're taking in all of that information through the head area or the head space the physical container there but what we're what we're not usually doing and when we're really in anxiety and like hypervigilance or we're really like all in our head, like you said, up here, 
we're not really focusing on the rest of our body. There is a heart intelligence still, there is a body intelligence, and there's a wholeness that when it comes together, then again, we can find our roots and our base and that foundation to stabilize that energy that may be a little bit rockier, floaty, you know, though just those terms I'll use sometimes with the body because a lot of times we just really don't focus on what is supporting you at your feet right now? Are you noticing your feet on the floor and your toes and your soles and heels of your feet? And can you notice that the texture may be underneath your feet and things like that just to get you there and then finding that life force energy of your breath within flowing? That's so good because I can tell you from personal experience that um, one time I went to a yoga class and the yoga teacher said, you know, ground in your feet or something like that. And I said, I can't feel my feet. <laughs> and she said, um, oh, and she, you could tell that her brain couldn't understand that I couldn't feel my feet because obviously I can feel my feet, but not in the way that you're describing. I wouldn't be able to explain, you know, how it feels on the bottom of my feet. So she said, lift your toes. And that really helped me to kind of start to slowly understand about sinking out of my head and into my body. And it sounds to me that in the work that you're doing is you're allowing people to get out of their head. And in all the conversations that I have with people on the Afterlight podcast, and you know, a lot of people sometimes in general as well, when we get out of our head, A, that's when inspiration and spirit can enter, and B, that's where we can be in the present moment, which is where our power is. Do, do you find that those are some of the huge benefits of being able to be in your body is to like be where you truly are and also just feel into your truth in that way without needing to intellectualize everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing I usually say to my clients or anybody, um, you know, if I'm teaching yoga or anything, is really just following your impulse, which is your intuitive knowing of how your body's reacting right now to your current environment or your current you know, the current sensations that are flowing through, not pushing yourself, your body in your mind and your spirit too much, just being in flow or trying to find the flow. And so sometimes that looks like, you know, lifting your toes one at a time, or sometimes that means giving your body and your lower body and upper body a little squeeze there on an arm or a leg. Um, you know, it just, it, it comes down to really resurfacing onto this earth plane as a human body which you are doing in this lifetime yeah. um and that existence that lies there within you so that you can be in your body but not leave your mind and your thoughts so much but just kind of listen and tune into what does feel good to me right now what how do i feel um and listening to that Right. So can we go back to the beginning about, um, well, not the beginning, not the beginning, but you know, when somebody's coming to you to have a session, you talked about them being on the floor as a starting point. So does somebody come to you and go, Hey, Marisa, um, I've got a lot of anxiety in my life and, you know, I heard great things from you. And, you know, so how does this session kind of roll in and how do you kind of, you mentioned that you sort of read or feel into the person, which again, is you going into your body to feel into, you know, intuitively into something. How does the session kind of roll out from there? 
Yeah, so I think I tapped on it a little bit about resonance. So resonance and, you know, tapping into the vibrational energy again, part of is what I do in a session is really finding and tapping into my own vibrational um, frequency before a session even happens. I'll, you know, tune into spirit and actually ask my, um, and honor my light team to actually come through and be with me. And maybe sometimes I'll roll out some cards and pull a few cards as to my energy and their energy and things like that. And really call in my archangels, especially Archangel Michael, I love um, to call him in and really just ask that, you know, to be able to tap in and drop in with my client. So before, if they come on into the session and they're stating that they're having, you know, experiencing some pain, aches in the body and anxiety. So what we want to do is kind of find each other through this quantum meeting that we do through online or in person, whatever that is or looks like, um, but meeting each other where we are. And then when we meet each other where we are and I see them and they notice that they're being seen and they kind of open up a little bit more, it's like almost like a flower, just kind of like closed off almost is what mm -hmm. we kind of do. We armor and we kind of hold ourselves a certain way until we are able to open up a little bit more. So I'll ask that we start by just noticing and dropping into what is supporting us. So maybe that means they're sitting on a chair or again their feet can touch the floor and if they're noticing that they can't close their eyes that's okay um, asking for like a down gaze or you know just they can keep their eyes open but just noticing what's happening inside and in the body with like kind of um just noticing like that internal experience of the breath as well as creating a vibrational connection together and then finding the feet in the earth on the ground. So it's like this whole process of really just beginning to drop into the body and trying to, trying to get out of the mind and the thoughts. But if they're there, then we want to know what's going on. So taking your hand or a part of you and holding it and touching it and then being with it for a little bit and seeing if anything really wants to speak up then. Hmm. Okay. So I guess in a way I'm sort of understanding that somebody comes or they set up a session with you, maybe on zoom, maybe in person, like you said, and then you kind of begin the session by essentially creating a safe space for the person to come in and be in their body. Because what I'm kind of getting is that sometimes people have a difficult time with avoiding them, their body or like getting into their body, they tend to avoid it. So what you're doing is you're saying, Hey, let's focus on your breathing, you know, and maybe even just the, the process of focusing on your breathing or focusing on your feet or something like that could bring up anxiety from the, for the person. So then would you then encourage the person to then put their hand on their tummy or wherever they're feeling the anxiety and kind of feel through it, which is really creating an opportunity for you to connect with the body. And then when people are going through that experience, then what they do is they're also probably having thoughts around that. So you could say, Oh, I'm feeling, uh, you know, anxiety. Okay. Well, you know, are there any thoughts associated with that? Da, da, da. And then by almost explaining it, by acknowledging the body's feelings, and then by talking it out, you're able to therefore start to release 
some of that. And it's almost as though you're guiding them through that transition. Is that kind of right? Yeah, I love the guiding them through the transition at that last that what you just said lastly, because really it is guiding through a transition so that we can meet this kind of whatever wants to be heard, you know, or whatever needs to be seen and kind of right. allowing it to transmute and transform or transform so it can be transmuted out. What that means is, is if somebody's coming in and we're grounding and they're finding so much activation within their system, maybe they're clenching their fists or their jaw is tightening up or they feel like they just need to scream or that something in their throat feels tight, that, mm. that something's holding on to their throat, right? The little, the little things that I've learned along the way is to really just be there and really focus in on being with them in these moments so that they can kind of expel that energy because what wants to happen sometimes is we do come into a stillness we want to be calm but there is so much that maybe the body has experienced over time that it just needs a little bit of breaking up and releasing that needs to happen um which can be a little bit of shaking happening so i'll shake with the client we might do a little bit of vibrational noise through our vocals through opening up the heart the throat the jaw um, that might look like blowing out air into fire i might light something on fire and ask that they kind of blow through the screen and sometimes with shamanic the shamanic work that comes into it is I have um like a shake. <laughs> I have <laughs> a little bit bracelet. of tool. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> that kind of sound like um just to break up even more that stagnant, uh, stuck or trapped energy, that density mm -hmm. that's there. Um, I might have the client blow into a certain stone that I feel called, to, you know, that they are calling for um, and take on their energy body or their energetic body mm -hmm. with me and kind of do some tuning forks or singing bowls or, you know, just checking their chakras and allowing that energy to be released. Um, a lot of anger and aggression comes through sometimes and that can have many forms within the body and mostly you know the jaw and the, the mouth and the throat so again using your voice and the sound healing is i mean that's transformational right there that's alchemy so yeah oh the thing ooh, when you were talking i had so many questions but one of the things that came to me was just like i i understand now i i understand what you mean so it's basically that we have let's pretend we have all these these cells in our body and they need to get out. Well, when we release them, they need to go somewhere. So you're saying, okay, because we know that energy can't be created or destroyed. It just changes form. So if something leaves us, then you're going put it into this crystal. It will absorb it for you. And then you cleanse your crystal in the sun or whatever you do later. And then, you know, or put it into the fire or is that kind of correct? And it sounds to me, girl, like you would have a lot of energy being directed your way. So do you have to do some massive protection before you do this kind of work? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that, you know, that I'm so glad you just brought up that question because, or that inference, because really there is an, a bubble that needs to be formed, a protective bubble yeah. that I put onto myself. And I do have so many crystals lying around my, you know, my workstation or area or the computer, whatever. 
I create this energetic protection bubble and I've learned it from, you know, a few mentors as well. And just really being with the angels and my spirit guides and my light team, really asking them for protection and to show up and be with me and the guardian angels that show up with the clients and, and things, you know, it's just all that so much connection within the protection that has to happen because if it didn't, you know, the, the resonance, like the, the vibrational connection that we can, that can occur, it can come through and I can hold on to that as much as they're holding on to already. Yeah. So yeah. And a cleansing needs to happen as well after each client. So yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Can you talk me through your cleansing process actually? Because that might be helpful for, for somebody at home. Uh, I think that sometimes we forget that cleansing needs to be part of our daily routine. Ooh, yes, yes, we do. Um, and that's okay. Um, as long as we take the time to actually notice what does help us cleanse, because there's so many ways to cleanse. Um, mm. I usually use, you know, cold water, cleansing my hands all the way up to my elbows and just rinsing that off. Sometimes in the shower, I'll do it um, to cleanse off and I'll notice like a white or I'll, you know, visualize a white light coming from the shower head. But after being with clients is normally I use smudging. So Palo Santo incense, your um, sage. <laughs> um, and a lot of times I really do um, just sound healing. So using a, 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 you know, the tuning forks that have the binaural beat, like the, or binaural beats, sofagio beats, those things like that. I'll use those in the in my home or in the office space really to just really break it up and clear it as well as my favorite and a lot of practitioners don't do this is cutting the cords and really just not it's just not so much about cutting them as it is just really allowing them to come out and asking help and guidance from your spirit team to help you along with that process um, so that nothing, you know, is left behind. We're really just cutting off that energy and clearing and cleansing and letting it go, releasing it all. <laughs> so important. If so somebody important. at home doesn't know what a cord is, can you explain that? And also, do you call in Archangel Michael ever to help you with that? I always do. Yeah, I love to call in Archangel Michael because he's he's always really helped guide me in feeling safe. And so when you want, when you feel as though you need to cut a cord, what a cord is, is a connection. It's like a quantum connection. Again, that energetic connection, it's literally, it can look like anything. It doesn't have to look like a cord. It can be a vine or, you know, something that just intertwines with the other individual's energy along with yours. And it kind of can go in any part of your body and attach itself. Um, so you might really just call in Archangel Michael or any of your spirit team again and ask for that divine protection of the highest light and love to come through for you and help you remove what no longer is in need of being connected with you any longer. Mm -hmm. And you can do that through meditation, right? You just sit quietly and it's all about intention as long as you intend for anything that doesn't belong to you to be removed 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I like to light a fire sometimes in, in a candle and I, and I just kind of visualize in my meditation, um, dropping those cords or those vines or whatever it is into the fire. So they disintegrate and, um, blowing that energy out through my breath, you know, it's like an audible exhale, really blowing into that fire and allowing it to come through even that way. So that's so beautiful. Now you've talked about fire quite a bit, and I must say I'm an Aries, I'm a fire sign, and I've always been drawn to, to fire myself, not in like a pyro way, but <laughs> just in a way that I'm connected to the element. Actually, I live on a farm at the moment, or yeah, I live on a farm and I have a fireplace going right now. I have a fire going. Um, I guess that kind of makes me think a little bit about your work potentially with connecting with mother earth and, and attuning to you know, maybe mother earth, do you work with the elements quite often? You did mention cold water when you're cleansing, you mentioned fire a few times. Now you mentioned getting grounded on the earth, you know, so how does mother earth and how do you kind of attune and, and work with her? Yeah. So, um, it's a beautiful thing because we are made up of matter. Our cells are matter. We're, we're all energy. We're energetic beings in a human body, you know, physical, having a physical experience here on earth. And that's why noticing and coming back down to earth is so important and meeting with the mother, you know, mother earth again, and really being guided with her elemental energy. Like, like you said, the fire and the, the fire, the earth, the water, the wood, you know, things like that, just air space, um, all of those things intertwined are us as well. And so when we use all these things for cleansing, as I do, you can just feel it's, it's a part of you that already is occurring naturally and organically. So when we attune to mother earth and her energy, and we drop down and synchronize with her heartbeat, which is really, um, you know, we can do it through a mantra, which the mantra of Om is really the hertz that is the vibrational frequency already of the earth. So you can do that by chanting OM, you know, A-U-M, um, and shifting through and synchronizing yourself in that physical body with mother earth. And I like to do that with the clients as well. So allowing them to experience that attuning back with a mother, um, even if they never got that attunement with their own mother in this lifetime um we always have that available to us with her would you say that even going out and walking on the grass in your bare feet is is a cleansing and an opportunity for you to connect with mother earth like it doesn't need to be more complicated than that right it doesn't no yeah because there's an electromagnetic field um that we vibrate at you know and again, that resonance where we can connect with her vibrational electromagnetic field as well, deep within her mm. walking barefoot, even for, you know, a minute or two a day. And I had a client one time, this is funny. She lived in Aspen, Colorado, and <laughs> it's, there's snow all on the ground. And she goes, well, how can I really ground with mother earth right now? And I said, well, you can do it on your floor. You can really go outside in the snow and you can Hold her, the snow, a part of her in your hand even, or just tap your toe in the snow just for a minute. Really, it's not going to do any harm to you. Yeah. And so she did that and it really like, 
really sparked something within her uh, that connectedness and that belief that we're always so connected with her already and revitalizing and you know synchronizing that that internal experience is just so it feels so safe yeah because I guess in a way you know like you said we're made up of matter and you know the earth is just so incredibly powerful and amazing and I would think that you know in a lot of people's lives getting out in nature isn't part of their routine you know their routine is probably often getting out of the house driving in their car going to school going to work going to the grocery store doing these things coming home being in their house and not necessarily realizing that they're missing out on an integral part of connection to themselves but also to their environment I did read a book before and the author was talking about how you know essentially you need to have a connection with all of the elements to be properly balanced yeah yeah it that brought up another um just experience that I had with a client from New York City when we think of like city life and you know there's not much nature involved um, in the daily experience of their lives. Um, what she would do is find beauty in what was through her window. So there was a tree, there was actually a cherry blossom <laughs> through her window that she would just sit with and look at. And that was a guide with, you know, guiding her back to Mother Earth and that nature and that elemental wisdom and that connection. And, you know, I always say, like, if you can sit in your window by a windowsill and you can feel the sun come through or you can notice the clouds above, um, maybe there's a gray sky, maybe there's a blue sky, just tapping into that already thereness for you, uh -huh. that already eternal experience that's already there through where you can find it, you know, meeting you and you can meet it back. Yeah. That's so good because I think it's really easy to create excuses to not do this stuff where it's like, it's snowy outside, Marisa. I don't want to get cold or, you know, I live in an apartment building and I'm not near grass. Right. But what you're doing is you're saying, take note of your environment and work with what you've got going on. Yeah. Yeah. They say that gratitude is like the, the biggest medicine to have and and when we have gratitude for what we do have, you know, um, versus what we don't have, when we focus on what we do have, or in the now moment, or right here, right now, um, and we have gratitude for whatever, you know, that can give us, or we can receive from that, um, I think that's the purest, most organic medicine that we ever actually need. And when we can find that, you know, in the simplest ways, it's, it's really healing. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. So where have you seen some of the biggest shifts in your clients? You know, have you seen some clients that come to you and you've helped them, you've helped them through the transition to really realize their greatest potential? I'd love to hear a success story if you have one at the top of your mind. Yeah, I actually really um, do. And um, it was really actually just a couple weeks ago, this happened and I experienced it. Um, I actually have to put this out there. I never really thought about working with 
the masculine, like men before in my mm. practice. And um, uh, something inside of me said, go for it. And so I listened and I met with a client who was a man and he's from UK. And um, it was the biggest leap of faith that I took within my own practice and my own, you know, feeling of being in service to someone just mm -hmm. as a human being blank slate, you know, wipe away everything. Um, and what showed up in that um, session was pure, just transmutation of anger that was inside of the jaw and the fists for so long. Ooh, I'm getting total goosebumps while you're saying this. Yeah, that it came down to, you know, it was the first time he had ever touched himself gently and with kindness. And it was the first time that he ever noticed the floor within that same space and his breath. And so all of that allowed him to feel safe and held maybe for the first time, um, but it allowed something to surface of all the anger that he thought was there was really embarrassment. And when what came up was, you know, I'm embarrassed. I feel embarrassed instead of angry. And so we went in a little bit deeper of that was embarrassment, you know, into accepting part of him that was still angry from a past experience, a traumatic experience, yes, but embarrassment because he was searching for healing that within himself. He was embarrassed mm -hmm. by actually reaching out to heal that within himself. So yeah, what brought that up for me inside of myself <laughs> was an expansion within my own heart and my understanding of the man or the masculine side of us all that want to reach out because I, I took notice to what I thought in my head was about my own four-year-old twins who are boys. And it really just shows how much, you know, we hold back and we don't really reach out for um, guidance or support because we're embarrassed or because the masculine feels threatened by being held by somebody because they've always had to really hold themselves for so long. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Just I imagine too that when you're talking there, you kind of made me think about the yin and the yang. And I think that, you know, when I think about yin and yang, I think about yang being really masculine, you know, and if we, if we equated that to exercise, we maybe like running. And then when you think about the yin, you would think about yoga and, you know, softer things like that. So, I mean, I think that nurturing ourselves, loving ourselves, self-care, like you said, touching yourself in kindness, you know, giving yourself a hug, for example, these aren't things that we necessarily talk about probably often enough. And it sounds to me like that's a big part of your work is, is helping people to nurture and love themselves because it's very easy to neglect ourselves, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and what we have to remember is, is that our heart is a yin organ. So <clears throat> there are parts of us that, like you said, are yin and yang. And so the masculine and feminine sometimes meet each other and 
<laughs> kind of want to not be with each other, but we are all of those parts combined. And again, the nurturing comes with the mother nature and the mother earth energy that we all have within us. So we really do want to just nurture and be there with ourselves for ourselves, give ourselves a hug, like you said. Yeah. And yeah. And when we can do that, it's just such a, it's a beautiful connection. We're just nearing the end of the hour. Can you believe it's been an hour? I can't believe it's been an hour. I know it's, it's amazing. Do you have any tips or tricks for our listener at home? If they do want to slowly start to connect with their body or to connect with themselves a little bit more by maybe showing themselves some self-love. Yeah. So I like to always suggest starting to listen to either yoga nidra or binaural beats, sofagio beats through your night, maybe find a YouTube um, with those in it, um, just to break up and sort out the kind of density that's in the subconscious. And then during your day, really waking up and saying to yourself, maybe how does my heart feel and placing a hand on your heart or both hands on your heart and really listening and tuning into that and whatever comes up um you i love you know just really focusing on where your breath is in the moment not really creating a change or making it be deeper or whatever you think it needs mm. to be but the more you trust your breath and allow it to, to just flow as it already is and be with it um you know it's really about supporting yourself where you are. So um, maybe that looks like in the morning time, you jump up and down on your heels and earth your toes and your soles into the, you know, the, the ground beneath you, just to shake off a little bit of energy, moving your hands and your whole body a little bit, maybe side to side and noticing maybe if there's any tightness. Um, and just if you do notice any pains and aches, just really being with those parts of you and instead of kind of trying to not run away or pull away from them, maybe turning towards them and, and touching or being with them or looking at them and um, just listening again. Um, now, a lot of times um, learning about the nervous system and the vagus nerve and what our vagal, vagal tone does for us, um, like humming is a great tool to use to create like a shift in your experience, internal and external. So like if you're in a hyperactive state or hypervigilance or anxiety or panic, really tuning into making a vibrational sound throughout your mouth and noticing how it travels through your jaw, the back of your throat, your tongue, your throat, and your heart space and maybe breaking some of that uh, energy up there as well, bringing up that space. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, my friend, we are near the end of our time. I would love to know, you know, if there's anything that I didn't ask. I, this hour flew by, I, I'm really blown away. I'm always blown away, but I'm particularly blown away today uh, that, you know, it's already been you know, an hour. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that you felt called to speak on or that you wanted to elaborate a little bit more on? Really all that I would love to say and to speak on is, 
is if you find yourself in that in that deepness and in, in that darkness or you know aloneness um you're always really truly hugged by mother earth and there's an electricity or an electric hug that is always holding you just as if you can notice the space between the ground and the sky there's a space that's already being held for you to be contained within already and coming back into the body and, and into yourself, always coming back home to yourself, where you are, is just really, and giving yourself that 20 second hug, whatever kind of hug, however amount you want, and really just feeling into how that makes you feel, how you experience that. And that's like literally the best medicine there, healing. It sounds like it's just, it's a chance to get to know yourself again. And I think that, you know, it's, it's like, you know, speaking with you, it, it seems to me that a lot of people, they forget that their body is, is crucial. It's where they live. Like you said, you know, it's where their home is. And um, yeah, I love that you've really given a lot of, you know, helpful tips and a lot of um, ideas here to connect with your body and, and, yeah, I love that very much. So thank you so much for your time. How can people find out more about you, Marisa? One of the cool things about the work that you do is even though you think you need to be in person, you do it on Zoom. Can you talk a little bit about the services that you offer and how people can get in touch if they want to find out more? Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on Instagram at Somatic Sage Healing. Um, or my website, somaticsagehealing.com. <laughs> and I have a few um, groups that I'll be running um, in the near future that are rolling out. Um, one is Earth Bodies, and that's um, to help you guide and raise your vibrational frequency through food and lifestyle. And then the other one's um, the Heart Knocks, which is going to be like a six-week group to help self-soothe and do some somatic healing and, and all things um, heart-related. And I do one-on-one -on -one somatic quantum therapy, um, Reiki and energy vibrational healing and soul embodiment coaching so I'm I'm a lot of things and you can find me there in those places so thank you beautiful thank you so much it was wonderful thanks for having me hi thanks so much for listening